It's day two of the Senate impeachment trial. And hey, everybody, the Constitution, the Republic of the United States is about to collapse. Not. I'm Rob Nelson. This is my podcast, Something to Think About. So here's the deal. Impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. First of all, impeachment. Let's just start. Where does the word even, does anybody know what the word even means? We're impeaching you. You are being impeached. It, It sounds like a, like a, bad piece of fruit, you know, or some weird act, I don't know, an impeachment. Nobody even knows what the word means, but how many people even know what the process of impeachment is? This thing's been going on for months, and I think at this point, if you're like me, you're just over it. It's like done. It's like stop already. It's a bad soap opera. It's, It's just this endless, endless thing. So, so let me give you the quick the quick picture, just to get you up to date, because nobody wants to get bogged down anymore in the impeachment details. So I'm going to just give you the very fast view of what impeachment is, okay? Impeachment is a thing in the Constitution in which the founding fathers decided with our three branches of government, the executive, the president, the legislature, Congress, the two houses of Congress, and then the judiciary, that, you know, in, in a case where a president did something so bad that they couldn't wait for an election to get him out of office, Congress could move to impeach him. Congress, the House of Representatives, could vote, could, could come up with articles of impeachment saying the president did A, B, C, D, and E. Uh, they call them high crimes, misdemeanors, bribery, treason. And, and for those things, he could be impeached and then removed from office. But he only gets removed from office if the other part of the Congress, the Senate, has a trial, votes on it, and removes him from office. Now think about this. They did this very intentionally. They did this so that you couldn't just kick a president out because you didn't like him. They made it kind of hard to remove a president because the way we're supposed to remove a president is in an election which we have every four years. Been working pretty good for 200 plus years. So the idea was if things are so bad, if the guy is so bad that you simply can't let him stay in power, that both sides, Democrats and Republicans, will kind of come together and in one body, the House of Representatives, the Congress, they will come up with these, these, these articles of impeachment, and then they'll pass them over to the other body, the other deliberative legislative body, and those guys, both parties, will have to decide to remove them. So it, it's pretty tough. You can't just kind of go, we don't like them, we're getting them out. And one of the things they said was that, that if you're going to impeach a president, it shouldn't be a partisan thing. It shouldn't just be one side votes for, one side votes against. The whole idea is his behavior so overwhelmingly bad that everybody agrees, pretty much everybody agrees, that he's got to go. So here's the big problem with impeachment. There's sort of two, but I'm going to start with the biggest one. The, the biggest one has nothing to do with the legal process. It has to do with the simple fact that all this time, all this money, all this time our Congress is spending on this impeachment process, the months the, the millions of dollars, the endless hours, they are not doing anything to fix the real problems that matter to you and me. Now, that would perhaps be okay if you felt the president had to be removed from office, which some people do, and it would perhaps be okay if there was even a chance he would be. But here's the real problem. There's absolutely no chance, zero, zero percent chance. You know Dumb and Dumber? Remember that movie in Dumb and Dumber when he says he hits on her and, and she says, you, you know, you have a one in a million chance. And he says, so you're saying I have a chance. Okay, there's not even that chance. 
that Trump is going to get removed from office because the House passed the articles of impeachment by a largely partisan vote. All the Democrats, well, actually, in fact, it wasn't quite. A few Democrats voted against it. No Republicans voted for it, and only Democrats voted voted for it, with a couple going with the Republicans. They pass that, move it to the Senate. The Senate is run, is, is, is the majority are Republicans. And there is zero chance they are going to remove Donald Trump from office right now. Why? Because one, many of them legitimately don't think what he did deserves removal. Two, they think that this is a process, whether they're right or wrong, that they think, and I think they are kind of right, has been going on for three years, attempting to remove the president from office somehow, find some way to get him out. And three, they know right now that if they remove him from office 10 months before the election, they are guaranteeing a Democrat becomes president. It is a guarantee for, I mean, Pence becomes president. What, he launches into a super fast, I'm running for president now campaign? And he loses in a heartbeat to every, he, he loses to Pete Buttigieg. He loses to every single Democratic candidate there is. So the, the Republicans, honestly, at this point, I don't think it would matter what evidence could get put forward, if any more evidence would get put forward. It wouldn't matter what anybody would say at this point. Republicans are not going to remove Donald Trump from office because they would be guaranteeing a Democrat wins the White House in 10 months. It is not going to happen. It's done. Done. I don't care what evidence gets presented. It is not going to happen. And let's be honest. This whole impeachment thing for both sides is a political game, guys. It's all politics. You hear people talking about, like, how the Constitution is in trouble and, you know, the, the, the future of our country is at stake. Come on, so much BS you got. I'm seriously, come on. The, the, the truth is that our, our system of government is actually working just fine, except for the fact that both our political parties are enmeshed in a battle that's using up all their time and not actually doing things that matter to us, to the people. But the system itself is fine. In 10 months, can vote Donald Trump out of office. Well, what if he doesn't leave? Come on, what if he doesn't leave? Seriously? Then they're going to send in U.S. Marshals and take him out. What are you going to do? Order the military to barricade the White House? Like what, you think they would? I mean, it's sort of a joke. If in 10 months you don't like him, you remove him from office. And if in 10 months people do like him, they keep him in office, which all goes to point further how stupid this whole impeachment thing is. Because if it was true... As the Democrats say, and I'm not taking a partisan side here, I'm a nonpartisan person, but if it was true that what Trump had done was so egregious, so terrible, so horrible that he had to be removed from office before an election, before the voters, us, could decide, well, then both sides would want to remove him. You'd say, no, well, would Republicans? Yeah, actually, they would. They would because they'd feel like it was simply the, the thing you had to, he has to be stopped before he destroys America. The truth is everybody knows he can go 10 more months, and we will vote him out of office if we don't want him in, or we'll vote him in if we do. Now, and that's the tricky thing, because the, 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 the fact is Trump may well get reelected, which further proves why this impeachment thing is stupid. Because if, if we would reelect Trump, clearly we don't think he should be impeached and removed from office. And when you hear Democrats say Republicans aren't doing their constitutional duty if they don't vote to remove him from office— that's not actually true. Their constitutional duty 
is to vote as they see fit, and they represent us. They don't represent themselves. We've sort of lost sight of this. Like, Washington thinks they represent themselves. These guys, men and women in power, in Congress and the presidency, act like they work, f- like they're the ones. They're in charge, and, and it's for them. They don't represent them. They represent us. So if you represent us, and half of us think Trump shouldn't get removed, then you shouldn't be voting to remove him because clearly there's a divide, and we see that. The polls are pretty even. It bounces around between 47, 50 percent, four or less. And depending which poll you read, you know, right now, you know, a new poll shows, you know, 47 percent want to remove. Another poll says 50 percent. But they all basically divide around the middle. So half the country doesn't want him removed. And by the way, on party lines, it's way different. Like 86% of Republicans are like, don't do it. And 86% of Democrats are do it. But the bottom line is half the country doesn't want him removed from office, doesn't think he should be impeached. So it's not fair to say you're not doing your duty if you don't remove him from office. You're not doing what we want as Democrats if you don't remove him from office. That's pure politics. It's just that simple. And I'm not taking sides here, but it's pure politics. And both sides are playing it. And impeachment is a political move, but it's supposed to be used in the most dire circumstances. And I don't care how you calculate it. The whole thing with this call to Ukraine, which is what this is about, if you don't know, he made a call to the president of Ukraine and said, hey, you know, can you, I mean, given the most unfavorable perspective for Trump, said basically, can you look into Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and see if there was some corruption there? And there could have been an implication that we're going to withhold aid if you don't. But by the way, remember, they were already withholding aid. They were already withholding the aid from Ukraine. For uh, Obama didn't want to give them aid. So now Trump was going to give them aid, and then he puts it on hold for a few weeks. Legitimately, if you want to give Trump the best view, legitimately, they didn't want to do the aid to start with from Obama on because there was so much corruption in the Ukraine. So he says, you know, look, if... You guys clean your corruption up before we give you this money. But there's no question, in the worst case for Donald Trump, he wanted a a political favor. Hello? Who doesn't? Is Trump, you think Trump's the first president to want political favors? I think the first one to try and craft foreign policy that makes him look better? Every single one of them does. Sure, they have goals that are good for the country, but they're all looking out for what makes them look good, what makes them look best, what action will make them look worse. Don't do that. Do the one that makes you look best. Do the one that gives you the best advantage. So, you know, again, favorable, not favorable. At the end of the day, throw it all away. They're not kicking Trump out of office. The the Senate is not doing it because, like I said, it would simply guarantee a Democrat gets elected. And they're not going to do that. They're going to let Trump run for reelection, even if they hate his guts. So my main point here is it's a waste, a total waste of time. Their time? our money, and the time they could be spending doing things that matter to us. So if you want to think of nothing else about impeachment, erase everything else and get to the simple fact that Republicans will not remove him from office 10 months before when half the country thinks he should not be removed, should not be removed. And they are not derelict in their duties for doing that. They are, in fact, representing their constituents, perhaps their own consciences, and their political backsides. And it would be, it would be suicide for them to do anything else. And on the other side of the coin, the Democrats can't claim high holy ground here. 
I mean, Nancy Pelosi, like, I pray for the president, pray for the future. And then she signs the impeachment thing. She's laughing and handing out pens like she just signed a historic trade deal. I mean, come on. Like, it's, it's silly. It's, it's political on both sides. So it's just as political on the Democrat side. And they're not stupid. They want to hurt Trump's re-election chances. They want to hurt vulnerable Republican senators' re-election chances. This is about getting someone else elected. This is not about whether or not a president truly committed acts for which they should be removed from office by someone other than us, the voters, who get to decide. That's the bottom line. We get to decide, and we should get to decide, and in 10 months, we will decide. Simple as that. Now, a couple little sidebar things that I think are kind of fun is Jerry Nadler, who's from New York, and one of the, they call them impeachment managers, right? They, they come with these stupid names. You're an impeachment manager. That means you get to run the case in front of the Senate. Couldn't they come up with a better name than impeachment manager? I mean, it, it's not like you're like a baseball manager, and even that, you know, it's a little old school name, right? I don't know, something better, you know, like, how about impeachment superhero? How about impeachment point guard? I like point guard, impeachment point guard. How about impeachment quarterback? Let's go with sports, huh? You can go down that road. But in any case, the impeachment managers who do this. Well, Jerry Nadler, one of them, said to the Senate in the first day of this, a day and a half ago, he said, I see a lot of senators voting for a cover-up, voting to deny witnesses, and it's an absolutely indefensible vote, obviously a treacherous vote. So this is going back to the point I just made, which is one side is saying, if you don't do this, you're treasonous. Well, it backfired, obviously, because people are like, wait, what? No, I'm not committing treason if I don't agree with you and remove him from office when half the country doesn't want me to do that. And my constituents don't want me to do that. And I personally may not want to do that because, A, I might believe him, believe what he did wasn't that bad. Or I may simply just not want to give you a free pass to the presidency for your party. So he went down that road. Then, then yesterday, Adam Schiff, one of the other uh, from Burbank, California, near where I live, uh, came out and said in, in his, he's another impeachment manager, said um, that the, the United States aids Ukraine and their people so that we can fight Russia over there and we don't have to fight Russia here. Okay. I mean, that's the jingle. Even people on the left, like in the nation and all, were like the magazine, the nation, are like, you know what, this jingoistic baiting stuff, like, oh, we have to help Ukraine. Otherwise, we're going to have a war with U.S. soldiers on U.S. soil against Russia. That BS beyond belief. And when did Ukraine? I mean, a year ago, nobody even knew Ukraine was. I'm sorry to Ukraine. But the average American is like, where? What? And the truth is, we didn't feel Ukraine's aid was so important during the Obama years that we gave them aid. We didn't. We gave them like blanket aid, but not military aid. So the idea that like we're going to have a war with Russia if we don't if we don't give Ukraine this aid and it was held up for a few weeks, even if it was for a corrupt reason, it's, it's just kind of outlandish and obnoxious. And he then went on to say that the president's misconduct can't be decided at the ballot box because we can't be assured that the vote will be fairly won. So now you have the, 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 the Adam Schiff, the House impeachment manager, saying that if we can't wait for us to vote because he'll cheat. I mean, think about it for a second. Seriously, I'm offended by that. We can't let Trump stay in office because he's going to cheat and steal the election. 
it's just a, it's just insulting. First of all, he didn't steal the election the first time. Heads up to you guys. A, a Google top Google exec had a memo that he internal memo that he then released because it got leaked in which he said Trump won the election in 2016 not because he cheated and not because he lied and not because of Russian interference affecting voters. That he won the election because he was better at using the Google algorithms and using social media. He didn't like it. This guy's a liberal. He's like, I don't like Donald Trump, but he's like, he used it right. He was smart at messaging and he figured out how to get to people. And that's why he won the election. He didn't cheat. He didn't steal it. You can hate the guy's guts, but he didn't become president by cheating or because of Russian interference. So the idea that Adam Schiff's saying that if he's not removed now, he's going to cheat is just offensive to us. We get to decide. They don't. It's our vote. All right. So as I'm wrapping this up, I, I'm going to share something and uh, I'm going to read something to you real quick. I think it would be absolutely unfair, contrary to any notion of due process, if now after all the time the House spent, all this voluminous record, they said, by the way, there is Jane Doe or Charlie Doe out there. We never spoke to them. No one has. They weren't before the House. They weren't in the House record. We want to call them now. This is a U.S. senator talking about calling additional witnesses. This is a little dive down layer here where they're fighting about whether new witnesses should come and talk in front of the Senate versus just stick with the record the House has already produced. And I'm not going to dive too much into that right now, other than to say you hear that you hear that comment from a senator and then this other one. Look, one thing's important to make clear. Neither the president nor the House of Representatives has any say in how we proceed in the Senate. Under our rules in the Constitution, we're the only triers of fact. Also the jury, we decide how to proceed and any witnesses has to be called and it can only be done by us, the senators. Okay, so this gets at an argument. Some of you may have heard, if you're a little deeper level on this, of fighting about it and, and Republicans saying, no, it's up to us. The House doesn't get to tell us, the Senate, what to do and you should have done your homework. And if you're hearing that and you're going, yeah, that's BS, that was Joe Biden. That was Joe Biden in 1999 talking about, as a U.S. senator, about the impeachment of Bill Clinton. And my point in this is only that they all flip sides when it's convenient for them. So that is Joe Biden in 1999 saying the House should have done its homework. Don't now ask us to call more witnesses in the Senate trial. And by the way, don't try to tell us how to run our trial. The Constitution says we get to do it. Those are all the arguments that have been being made by Republicans in the last few weeks, as Nancy Pelosi was withholding the articles of impeachment, not passing them over to the Senate, and the argument over witnesses. And my point is only this, not one, that one side is right or wrong, that each side takes the view they want when it's in their best interest. Joe Biden's a Democrat. Clinton was getting impeached, didn't want it to happen. He was a U.S. senator. He said, you can't tell us what to do, and we don't need any more witnesses. You should have done the work. Now, Roles are turned. Democrats are saying, we're going to tell you what you should do in the Senate, and you need to have more witnesses. And Republicans are saying, you can't. The, the bottom line of this is for you to get that it's just politics. It's what they do. I, I worked in the Clinton White House right around the time of Clinton's impeachment during the whole scandal, the Monica Lewinsky thing. And I can tell you for a fact that what was going on was the same in reverse. How do we protect the president? People, people were pissed inside the White House at Clinton, and I'm sure people are pissed inside the White House at Trump. 
I remember asking the president's press secretary, how do you, Clinton, how do you, Clinton's press secretary, how do you go out and lie for the president every day? I mean, he clearly did this. He, his mistake, I don't think he should have gotten kicked out of office for what happened, but but he lied under oath and they found a way to, that's a crime, so they went after him. And I remember at the time saying, it's just political. He didn't do something that he should get removed from office for. He's just, it's a political tool. And, and as one person in the White House said to me, we, we, we gave, the president gave the Republicans a loaded gun, pointed at him, and they pulled the trigger like, we're going to impeach you. It's the same thing now. It's just politics. It's just a reverse. And I, I was saying, I, was, I remember asking the president's press secretary, how do you go out and lie for the president every day? He said, I don't go lie. If you notice, I never say, this is what it is. I say, this is what the president said. And the point of that is they knew that the president wasn't telling the truth. And again, my point, I don't think Clinton should have gotten impeached or removed from office for what happened with Monica Lewinsky. It was completely inappropriate and not okay, but not, not grounds to remove him as president of the United States. But it was all politics. It was just the Republicans had a way to try to get Clinton, hurt him, damage him politically, maybe remove him, help a Republican get elected. That's all that's happening now. No matter how much you want it to be something else, no matter how much you want to glorify it as something else, it isn't. It's just politics. The Democrats want Trump out of office. So do some of the Republicans. And people have gotten so wound up in like a derangement syndrome about removing him that they'll do anything and say anything and try anything to remove him. But it's all just politics, guys. It's just pure politics. And they want him out. They want to damage him in the election. They want to damage the Republican Party in the election. That's what happens. And, and I wrap this in the notion of, on one hand, that's kind of offensive because they all just switch sides depending on, you know, which they, they switch positions depending on which side they're on. They're all just trying to secure their own power. And at the end of the day, they're all happy as long as they sort of stay in power and share it. So when it's all done and over with, if Trump wins re-election again, and Nancy Pelosi wins re-election again. They'll both be standing there on the camera, shaking hands, hating each other. Uh, point is, our system is working. And as messed up as it is that they do this, it's part of how our system was designed to allow for this to happen. And for allow it to happen and allow us to still keep functioning, to have a, a, a framework in place that allows us to make sure there is an orderly transition of power, we vote in somebody new or vote the same person in, replace one party with another, and we keep moving forward. The only piece that's broken is that they don't stop and go, enough is enough. It's time we focus on problems that really matter to people. I don't care if it's climate change to you, if it's homelessness, if it's student loan debt, if it's getting more jobs, if it's crime violence. Remember how gun violence was the biggest issue ever? We had to deal with it immediately? Well, it's gotten tossed by the wayside. You know, immigration, pick your issue. You know, healthcare, so many problems. Infrastructure, boring but important. So many problems facing the country, and they're not focusing on them. But the truth is, we have an election in 10 months, and we can vote them all out of office. So my suggestion here is, guys, we should have the national enema, the year of the national enema, right? Stick it right up there and clear everything out. Just elect all new people, all new people. And then set up some term limits so they can't stay forever. Citizen legislatures, hey, you go run. I don't care if you have experience. You're going to do better than a lot of them. That's for another podcast. Okay. The cancel culture part of my podcast. I get, you know, look, I get worked up about stuff and I get worked up about the fact that we are in, in a time where you literally are not allowed to 
much less do, think or say certain things. And I'm not saying certain things that get said or thought are appropriate. I'm saying you got a right to say them. And I hate the fact that we live in a time where your thoughts, not just your actions and not just your words, but your very thoughts are are under condemnation if they don't fit into someone else's particular narrative. It happens for the most part that right now that's a more left-wing narrative. But again, I'm not, it, it could just as easily be on the right and has been on the right before. But the, 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 the pressure to censor your thoughts and your words, has, has the cancel culture has literally gotten out of control. I mean, the best example of it is, is probably what happened recently with Ellen DeGeneres and Vince Vaughn. Ellen DeGeneres sitting next to former President Bush, uh, I think it was at an Astros game, one of the, yeah, one of the playoff games, and being friendly with him, uh, having fun, laughing. And people were furious. Like, how could Ellen be friends with him? Well, first of all, it shows you that his politics being kind of anti-publicly less supportive of LBGTQ was an act. Politics, hello. But it also shows you that he that, that what's wrong with that? I mean, isn't it a good thing? Isn't it a good thing that Ellen, who's openly gay, high high profile, openly gay, has a a long term you know as a gay wife and is very open about it? Isn't it isn't it great that she and George Bush can actually be friendly and civil? Isn't that like what we want in our society? Isn't that the point? Not you shouldn't talk to them, but actually good. This is how we could maybe help people open their views up. And wouldn't it be even better if George Bush didn't have to, when he was president, kind of pretend a certain way to satisfy the political correctness in his party, having to be anti-LBGTQ. That's a mouthful for anyone. Um, no pun intended. But, but Vince Vaughn then, sitting next to the president um, at, at a football game, and the LSU game, I, I believe it was, and, and and laughing with him gets blown to shreds on Twitter and social media for having been friendly with the president. Now, Vince Vaughn's an o openly independent. He's more of a libertarian. So you're probably a little to the right when you're a libertarian. You don't want the government messing in anything. You don't want the government sticking its hands in anything. You don't want it sticking its hands in your uterus. You don't want it sticking it, its hands in your genitals. You don't want it sticking your hands in your wallet. You just don't want the government messing with you. It's like, give me the room as long as I'm not hurting other people. As long as I'm not doing something that harms people, let me do it. So a little more to the right if you're a libertarian, but nonetheless, he can be friends with Donald Trump and sit with him and laugh. And no, people were furious. They literally were like, I've never watched one of his movies again. I can't stand him. I hate him. What? what why? Where? Where is? How is that good for society to like just encourage people to, to hate and to have no contact with people you disagree with? But again, you know, but again, in this case, even if you are friends with him, like what is wrong with that? And by the way, have you noticed how, like, interesting how certain people who are friends with Trump that we don't do that to, like Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady's friends with Trump. Why doesn't Tom Brady get blasted on social media? Because he's Tom Brady, the GOAT. Everybody loves him, you know? He's friends with Trump, so maybe you should hate the Patriots, which I happen to, too, not like the Patriots, but that's got nothing to do with Brady liking Trump. It has to do with I don't like cheaters and the Patriots cheat. I know all the New England people out there are going to hate me for that, but that's just the reality. You know, I'm not a Patriots guy, but Tom Brady's going to the Hall of Fame, and he's an awesome quarterback, and he may be a GOAT, the GOAT, who knows? But either way, why doesn't he get blasted on social media? Just an interesting sidebar to think about. But Vince Vaughn did. But here's the other one. This one bothered me even more. Jillian Michaels from, from 
uh, The Biggest Loser, who, by the way, I didn't know this. So it's funny how you don't know certain things. I didn't realize Jillian Michaels was gay. Like, did everybody know that? I mean, it's not like she's secret about it, but I just didn't realize. Been in a long-term relationship with another woman. And I was like, oh, didn't know that. So it's kind of made me go, huh. You sort of sometimes only know what's in front of you and you don't see certain things that, that's not, I guess, it's not a very deep point here. It's just interesting sidebar to me. But anyway, she is talking about Lizzo, the, the music, the artist, the singer. And she is being asked about her weight. And she says, why are we focused on her body weight? Why aren't we focused on her music? Pushed a little farther. She's on, this is on, a, on BuzzFeed's, uh, BuzzFeed's what, what, AM2DM. Um, she says, because it's not going to be awesome, her music, if she gets diabetes. My kid loves her music, but there's never a time where I'm like, hey, and I'm glad that she's overweight. Well, she got blasted. She got blasted. And she sort of tried to defend herself by saying, look, I've said we're all beautiful, worthy, equally deserving. But if we love ourselves to acknowledge that, that, that there are serious health consequences that come with obesity, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and I wouldn't wish those on anyone. And I hope we prioritize our health because we love ourselves and our bodies. I thought that was so, so good. Like it was like, right. She's saying, look, you can be whatever size you want. You can have whatever body you want and love yourself. Yes, and I'm not shaming you. And, I, and I'm not judging you even. But don't ask me to come out and say somehow that's good to be overweight because it's not. And oh my God, people are like, you can't say that. You, that can't be true. But it, 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 it is true. It's again, it's a simple, for her, a simple fact of like health. And we know it's true. Deep down, everybody knows. It's not good to be obese. It's not good to be overweight. You know? I mean, it's just not healthy. So to ask, especially someone who's a trainer, to say, no, 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 it's okay. No, she's going to be like, look, love yourself, love your body. But if you really love yourself, worry about your weight and worry about the obesity because it could kill you. And we don't like to say that. Smoking will kill you. We'll say that. But, But obesity kills more. Obesity is not good. So again, and I'm not judging people. I don't like have some like fat hate thing going on, nor am I fat shaming anyone. I'm just saying Jillian Michaels was dead on right to say, you know what? Her music's awesome. She's awesome. She's an amazing person, beautiful, wonderful, worthy person. But I am not going to say I'm happy that she's overweight because that's not good for her health. And she'd be better off not to be. That doesn't say she has to be. Doesn't have to say you have to listen to that. Do something. You can be like, well, you know what? I like having the extra pounds. And if that causes me to have some health problems, I'll take them. Same as a smoker. I'm happy to smoke my cigarettes. And if that gives me lung cancer, well, that's a chance I'll take. I like doing it. You're entitled to do that. But don't make somebody feel like they're not allowed to say something about it. That somehow you have now, if you say that, you are fetching me. She was simply saying the truth. And that's the reality of this right now. Is My point here is we aren't comfortable with the truth. It's like, you know, it's like in what in that, ah, I can't think of the name of the movie. It's like Jack Nicholson to Tom Cruise. Like, you can't handle the truth in that movie, right? I mean, it's like, I don't know that we can right now. We don't want the truth. We want the narrative we have to be what the truth is. And look, we're all entitled to our narratives. We're all entitled to the way we want to look at the world. But but the reality is, the simple truth is that 
just because it doesn't fit your narrative doesn't mean somebody else can't say it or that it can't be true. We've, we've sort of created a, a situation where we take the facts that fit our narrative, and those are the true facts, and the facts that don't fit our narrative, those are the false facts, and our narratives are what determine the truth is, not the facts. So there's a whole lot of fake news and selective fact-picking on both sides of anything right now, left, right, that's predominantly where our divide comes, culturally, politically, but the reality is, aside from your narrative, whatever it is, we need to be allowing people to speak what they think their truth is, even if it's not a truth you want to hear. So maybe you don't like what Jillian Michaels said, but good for her for standing up and saying it and believing it. And we shouldn't shame people. Anyone who we don't want to shame, like fat shame people or body shame people or any other kind of shaming people, we shouldn't be shaming people for having the courage to have an opinion that we don't agree with and sticking with it. Especially when it's well thought out, well intentioned, like hers was. Not said maliciously, not said to put someone down, said to simply stick to her truth, which is look, I'm, I'm sorry. I think it's healthier to be a certain way. And if you're not that way, it, it has health consequences. And I'm, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm psyched about that. I'm, I, I think that's not the healthiest choice, but you do what you want. All right, last one Utah woman. This is just a fun one. Utah woman is charged for being topless in front of her stepkids. Now, on the surface of it, it sounds pretty bad, like what's she doing? But the, the story was that she and her husband were doing like drywalling in their house, and so they pulled their shirts off so they wouldn't get the dirt all over them, and their stepkids were around. They were, you know, like young, younger, like nine to 12 or whatever. The kids didn't have a problem with it. It was the, 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 the dad's ex-wife who used it and, as a you know, basically got a statute that's there to char- so that they would charge her with you know lewdness and indecent exposure. And if she's convicted, she will actually be have to register as a sex offender. And to me, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me! Now look, I come from a household when I was a kid, my parents were like kind of like almost like nudists. So I get it. I, I, it was not always fun to see my parents occasionally running around naked, or more than occasionally running around naked. And there was the one time I will admit where my mother. G- God rest her soul. I hate that line, but people say it, but she's passed. But my mother actually answered the door when I was in high school for one of my friends coming over, and she had no clothes on. She wasn't doing it to seduce him. But but my God, my friend was just like, oh, 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 uh, Mrs. Nelson, uh, hello? Uh, I don't know what to say. It was hysterical. I was mortified. Um, but my point is, you know, has my mother been charged with, like, lewdness and indecency? No. I mean, come on. Like... God, the, the, you know, the graduate, you know, send her to prison, right, for what she was trying to do with Dustin Hoffman. Anybody see The Graduate? Remember that movie, right? You know, she and he were like almost the same age, even though she was supposed to be the older woman. But anyway, so this woman's getting charged with this. And it's, to me, so absurd. One, it's obnoxious that the ex-wife does that. It's like, it's not fair to your kids either, and, you know, you want to mess with your ex, then mess with him, but don't do not do that. But the bigger issue for me actually became the point they made, which was why could she not take her top off and he could? And I've said for a long time, it's a weird double standard. Men can take their tops off in public. Women can't. When I first did my Fox News show, we were going to actually do a thing where I went topless in Central Park in New York with a woman, and we'd go, we'd go up to people, we'd go up to like you know vendors and the whole thing just to see how people reacted. 
And it was a great idea because the whole show was going to be on double standards. And, you know, Roger Ailes, who was the head of Fox News and was all behind it. And we got all this interest from the press, from the media, the entertainment press and stuff to want to cover it. So the day before we were going to do it, he he cut it. He's like, you know, we're not a circus here. And I was like, no, no, this is going to be great. He's like, no, it's turning into a media circus. I'm not going to do it. So I never got to actually do that episode. But I've always for for a long time been fascinated by double standards in general and that double standard that men can be topless and women can't. And I get it. I get it. Our fixation with boobs and the whole thing. I, but women like men's chest too. So I'm, I'm just going to say if guys can take their shirts off in public, women should be able to take their shirts off in public. And if we don't let them, it's sexist. It's actually like anti-woman because it's sort of saying you can't show yours because somehow you're the fairer species and it can't be seen, but men, we can show ours. Not cool. Not right. Something to think about.